The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. understand more about your sex life or maybe lack of sex life how does it relate to personal and mental health welcome to hot and healthy sex radio with jenny friend mft we'll discuss the topics that you've been asking about and there's absolutely no need to be shy now here's your host jenny friend good monday morning Welcome to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio here on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Today, we're going to be talking about understanding normal, and I do have that in quotes, sexuality and clearing what gets in the way. For our first-time listeners, I do want to tell you a little bit about the show and me, but I don't want to bore my returning listeners. So I'm only going to tell you a little bit. If you want more, you're going to have to go back into the archives and listen to the first show, Opening the Box to Hot and Healthy Sex. The goal of Hot and Healthy Sex Radio is to highlight the healthy benefits of sexuality by giving accurate biological, sociological, and physiological information with a fun and relaxed attitude. In our first show, Dr. Cynthia and I built a fertile <clears throat> excuse me. In our first show, Dr. Cynthia and I built a pretty good foundation for that when we discussed how sexuality and sexual behavior mesh together throughout our development. We went all the way from birth to death in that and went into a lot of detail about how that happens. And of course, we were always focusing on sexuality and sexual behavior. Now, Dr. Cynthia is going to be back a couple of more times, once in February and once in March, to kind of keep us grounded in the physical so that we can remember that hot and healthy sex is grounded in the physical. But we have all of these other overlaying factors, and that's what we're going to be doing throughout the the weeks when Dr. Cynthia is not with us. We're going to be exploring all of those overlaying areas, or at least some of those overlaying areas. We do only have 10 weeks left for this quarter. And then we'll be talking about some other more interesting, more uh, less common things next quarter. We're also going to be giving our sex organ of the week question towards the end of the program. You'll be able to call and answer that at 866 472 
5792. I'll be giving you that number again when we get to that part of the show, but we're going to be doing that every week as we have been. And throughout each show, we'll be incorporating different kinds of hints to help you easily work habits that will help you live a hot and healthy sex life into your daily life. So who is Jenny Friend? I'm a researcher, teacher, and therapist in the world of sexuality for over 20 years. I've produced a couple of educational CD sets. My background in training and experience is all on that first program that I was telling you about. And you can go listen to that in the archives if you want. My CDs and that information are also on my website. You can go there and visit. That's www.centerforclarityallspelledout.org. Currently, I'm a marriage and family therapist and certified sex therapist in private practice in Costa Mesa, California. For a better understanding of my practice, listen to the first program again. That's in there. Now, last week, we ended our discussion with um, when we were talking about sex and the brain. We ended our discussion talking about three broad categories of ways that we approach sex and sexuality. We identified aversion, healthy sexual attraction and desire, and addiction. Now, we were talking to our brain specialist or NLP practitioner last week, and that's how we came up with these categories. These can also be thought of as attitudes towards sexuality in this area of our life. And even though when we talked about them, we talk about them in categories, like they're distinct somehow, they're really not. They're on a continuum that flows from one extreme of completely aversive, aren't interested in sexuality at all, aren't interested in making those kinds of connections, total avoidance and rejection at that one end, to the other end where there's the total consumption of, of focus and of uh, energies. And that's our, our end of addiction. In between, we have this huge category of healthy attraction and desire. Within that category, we've got all these shades of gray that flow into one into the other of the end pieces of the continuum. Where that line falls, where it changes from healthy to addictive or aversive is not stable across all people. This is a place that we find in ourselves that we come to based on who we are, how we got here, and where we want to go. So there's really no place on that continuum that I can say, boom, that's normal because it won't be 
for everybody. And that doesn't seem to help for those of us who are out there looking at what's going on in our lives, going, is this normal? Maybe our next guest, Mr. Science, can help us figure out if there is some kind of way that we can objectively look at things and say, yes, this is normal. So let's, let's see if Dr. Science is here with us today. He's on the air. Dr. Science, are you there? I am. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us something about your research and your website? You have that website, uh, Sperm Brain, right? Spermbrain.com. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. That website that I've been working on a lot when I'm not teaching. Um, so I've been teaching for about 10 years and uh, teach science, biology, and um, other subjects in the science field and ended up teaching sexual sex education about six years ago to middle school students because nobody else in the district was willing to teach it. Go figure. Um, and uh, I had the kids ask anonymous questions at the end of the unit, which was just a couple of days, and I figured that I'd save them, and that way I'd answer them next year. Um, and so I wouldn't have to answer them again in sort of in front of the classroom, and I'd answer them as a part of the curriculum. And then, so I did it the following year, and I got like 50 new questions. And so after like three years, I had like 200 different questions that related to sexuality. And most of them, um, like you said, actually ended up being a variation of am I normal? I think that is the, the biggest question out there. And I saved them, and I was going to um, actually in the process of writing a book with them and uh, in order to do some marketing and, and some work for that, um, launched my website, spermbrain.com, uh, about two years ago. And then last year, I um, went to a great presentation by Charlie Glickman where we did a survey thing um, in the classroom. People sort of checked off boxes as to what, what they had done and what they hadn't, and then we passed them around the room, and then people raised their hands to sort of demonstrate what percentage of the room had done different things. Um, and it was a, it was a really interesting thing because it found out that sort of there are people that have done and not done just about everything. And I uh, thought it would be really important to bring that to the web where people could do it anonymously and um, check it out and see the, see the results um, immediately so they could find out sort of where they fall out on that, that crazy normal, like you said, in parentheses or in quotations, um, spectrum of sexuality, which is difficult to define. Mm-hmm. And so you have been working on this website for a couple of years, and I think I, a year, and I think I saw on your website that you've gotten 5,000 responses to it already. Yeah, and 5,000 in the last year or so since the survey's been up, um, which has been great. So I've got a lot of data, um, taking time to actually crunch all those numbers and, and start analyzing them is, is taking some time, um, but I'm really excited about the data, and it does seem to match with a lot of the um, statistics, Kinsey's old reports and some of the big-time um, sexuality reports. The, the numbers seem to be fairly um, similar, similar, but obviously um, we're about 40 years later than Kinsey, so a little bit different in some areas. <laughs> uh-huh. So, we, so maybe we're changing the way we approach it um, right now just a little bit? So. 
Yeah, I so think I... there's a little more openness around sexuality. Um, there's more books that are being published about it. There's more information for people on the on the internet, which provides a lot of help, I think, for people. When I was a kid, certainly, if I had a question about sexuality, I, I didn't have an internet to go look it up in. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Yep. Okay, yeah. so let's ask that big question: How much do people do it? <laughs> well, that's a great question, Jenny. Um, I wish I had a concrete answer for you. I think it varies by the relationship, as you probably know all too well with your job as a family and marriage um, counselor. Um, for my website, I chose to ask the question a little bit differently than how often do you do it because I thought that was so much a component of the relationship itself and not necessarily what people actually wanted. Um, so I chose to ask the question instead, how often do you crave sex? And um, and that got results all over the board. Um, people seem to crave sex varying from daily um, to almost never. Um, but about half the people were, were craving sex on a daily basis. Hmm. Half were craving it. And, of course, lots of things get in the way from the craving yeah. turning in, uh, in the relationship, as you said, and, of course, good old... Spirits willing, bodies not, <laughs> um, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah so. that kind of stuff. All of those things get in the way. But we're going to talk more about what you have found. We'll talk more about things that get in the way later. Uh, but we're going to talk more about what you have found after we get back from our commercial break. We're just going to take a couple of minutes to have that break, and we'll be right back with Dr. Science. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Jenny Friend invites you to check out her website for more information about her programs and sessions which can be conducted in person, by phone, and via Skype. Visit www.centerforclarity.org or call 714-210-9200. Jenny's office is located in Costa Mesa, California. Stop in if you're in the area or connect with Jenny on Skype at Jenny Friend MFT. Jenny is here to help you. Visit www.centerforclarity.org. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows, 
featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio with host Jenny Friend. If you have a question or comment about our program, we invite you to call into the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to JennyFriendMFT at SBCGlobal.net. Now, back to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Science, and we're talking about the science of finding, quote, normal, unquote. And Dr. Science has been telling us about how... Our cravings tend to be a, that, Sean, that you have found, that cravings tends to uh, be a better indicator of we as individuals because so much happens with our partner and the connection, the relationship that's going on there, right? Yeah, I would definitely say that's correct. Um, I just think there's so many other factors uh, that lend to how often people are having sex that thinking about it on an individual basis um, is probably a better way to do it than when you think about how couples are doing it. And comparing yourself to another couple is comparing yourself to a whole bunch more variables than sticking with individuals, which makes it a little bit easier. Yes, statistically, yes. So how many partners do we tend to have before we, well... Do we tend to have in our lifetime? (laughs) Uh, Another great question and one that's very interesting. Um, You have a few people who have taken my survey, um, just a few percentages, uh, under 5% that haven't had any sexual partners, and this survey is for people who are 18 and older. So that makes sense with some some younger folks who haven't had had sex, and I keep sex as kind of a loose term on there. Um, Obviously, with the whole Bill Clinton thing, we learned to define sex a little bit different than the traditional um, sort of vaginal sex only. Um, so that changes things a little bit in terms of how people people choose what is a sexual partner and what isn't. Um, but the average number, the, the most common um, number of sexual partners is one to four. So we are a fairly monogamous society, um, and we do tend to have long-term partners for long periods of time. That's about almost 40% of, uh, of people. And then so from there... It goes down a little bit. You have 23% of 5 to 9 partners, 15% um, at 10 to 19 partners, and under 10%, uh, 20 to 29 uh, partners, and then about uh, 9% at 30 or more partners. Wow. Wow. Um, And you did say that we tend to be pretty monogamous, or at least serial monogamous. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Serial immunology. Uh-huh. Yep. But are there other questions in your research that support that? I mean, did you ask? I think Um, I saw... Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely the... I mean, 
I think uh, the question that you're, you're getting at is uh, people having simultaneous relationships and people having simultaneous partners. And uh, both of those questions are interesting. Um, if you look at simultaneous um, relationships, so people that have had more than one sexual relationship going at a time, you have a little under half, um, but that's at any point in their life. So that's not something that's probably ongoing with most of those people, but they have had multiple relationships at some point, which, again, leads to us being primarily serially monogamous. Not that we always are, that's for sure. Uh Um, And simultaneous partners uh, is 28% have had um, more than one partner at the same time, like in the same room. (laughs) Wow. More than one partner at a time in the same room. Wow. And and so maybe, I mean, we talked about the continuum of desire and we talked about the continuum of avoidance, uh, healthy and, and addictive kinds of, of attitudes towards sexuality. Mm-hmm. So are those, um, are those kinds of partners that people are choosing, do they tend to be of the opposite gender, heterosexual oh. type relationships? Yeah, I think um, that's another great question that uh, is difficult to answer because some people aren't necessarily as straightforward with their sexual attraction. Um, and for that reason, um, one of the first questions on the survey is, is what's your sexual attraction? Um, and I broke it down into several different categories as opposed to just gay and straight, which I think is the most common breakdown um, Kinsey broke it down, I believe, into six groupings, um, and I have it into five, well, six if you include asexual. So purely straight is the first one, Um, mostly straight, bisexual, mostly gay, purely gay, and asexual or no sexual attraction at all. Um, So purely straight, uh, about 70%, mostly straight, about 18%, bisexual, about 8%, which is equally attracted. I do have that in caps on the on the website. So equally attracted to both genders. Um, that surprised me. Eight percent, two and a half percent mostly gay, one percent purely gay, and about 05 percent asexual or no sexual attraction. Wow. So we've got that's 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 almost thirty percent, twenty seven at least that would fall in there in that bisexual kind of a category to some degree or another. Um, yeah, if you include the mostly straight people in there, yeah. Yeah, wow. Or And the mostly gay. I mean, you yes, include yes, all of correct. those yeah, who are not, in Yes, yeah. that's great. If yeah. you take out the, the purely on both ends, that's excellent. Yeah. 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 So are, what are these people, a bunch of swingers? <laughs> I, attraction means you, have, you, you find the other people attractive, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that you act on it. Um, or that you go out and do anything about it. So I think uh-huh. that uh, there's a lot of flexibility with human sexuality, and uh, it does change for people sometimes over their lifetime. And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean people are acting on it, but it does mean people could say, oh, that, that person's attractive, on, on, and they could be male or female. Uh-huh. So they may not be acting on it, but you did ask questions about the kinds of activities that they are doing, right? I mean, yeah, I saw a question about going to a swimming club and um, Mm -hmm. skinny dipping and all of those kinds of things. Uh, Mm -hmm. What kinds of information did you get on those? Um, 
let me see. I can pull that up. So in terms of uh, strip swing swing club or like an uh, some sort of group sort of sex or seeing that kind of thing is pretty low. It's only about ten percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite people having um, attractions for maybe different people or different situations or multiple people together, um, actually physically doing that and going out um, to a swinging club or having partners like that is, is sort of a different thing, and I think that a lot less people do that than um, maybe fantasize about it. Uh I see. But they are doing some of it, aren't they? I mean, um, oh, there certainly. was... Yeah, I mean, 10% is not a tiny number. It's still one out of 10 people. So mm-hmm. um, skinny dipping in a public location was around 50%. So people um, clearly have gone and, and gone for a swim naked with, with partners or without. Um, and uh, I, in some ways, I guess that's not really sexual, but it is, uh, you know, somebody who's being a little bit exhibitionist if it's in public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... But- but you were saying that people had were having simultaneous sex and stuff, 28%, um, but only 10% were going to swing clubs. So, mm-hmm. it, so does that imply that people are, are being more intimate with their friends, perhaps? Yeah, I think that's actually probably a pretty good analysis. I think people are finding um, partners that... Um, that are a part of their a part of their social network, or um, or there there are definitely groups of people who who do these activities, and it, and it's it's kept as a part of an activity. Especially if you want to, I mean, in our society, you have to be careful with your job and you know your public image, and so there's lots of people doing all sorts of crazy sexual things, but they're they're going to be uh, careful in uh, in who that's exposed to um, for a variety of reasons. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Um, so basically, what I'm hearing you say is that it looks like that even though people uh, have this desire has probably been around for a while, uh, mm-hmm. as far as over time over our society, um, and there have been times in the flow of that society, like the '60s, when we were acting on it more. And and there are the times that we're in now where we may be thinking about it, but where we may not be acting on it. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I do think that's accurate, and I think it's uh, I think it is happening a fair amount. But I, like I said, I think it's behind closed doors because, like you said, twenty eight percent is a fair chunk of people that um, have had um, sort of sex with multiple people at the same time, and uh, and so. It's over a quarter of the people, um, but whether or not that's public knowledge, and whether or not you know people know who on their block is, um, you know, has multiple sexual partners, is probably not going to be public information. So that's what makes this survey so great: is it's anonymous. People can come and and take it and find out um, how they compare to their peers, um, which I hope to have up shortly. Right now, it's just an overall percentage for everybody. But breaking it down into peer groups um, is going to be great because then people who are somebody who's a 20-year-old female is going to see how she compares to her peer group rather than everybody in the whole uh-huh. study because clearly somebody who's an older male or a younger male is going to have maybe slightly different um, answers <laughs> just based on uh-huh. their age. And, and so, so basically because of the way it's broken down now, even though it tends to fit 
into the bigger studies, uh, the bigger older studies, as you said, Kinsey and mm -hmm. those reports, even it, even in its infancy, your reporting tends to look like that it is a representative sample for what you're giving us at this point in time. Yeah, for the overall population it is, but for breaking it down into peer groups, which obvious to me, um, and I've looked at some of the data, you get quite different results when you start breaking it down into peer groups, and especially when you start uh -huh. breaking out, you know, what people are attracted to. Um, clearly somebody who is mostly gay is going to have much different experiences than somebody who's purely straight, um, and so it'll be important to break those down um, when I get more results and more time. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that and giving more people um, opportunities to, to really see more detail in their, peer, their, their own peer group. Ah, that would, that'll be great. Um, that'll be great that you'll be able to let us look at it so much better as the data comes into your website, spermbrain.com, where people... Yep. You listeners out there, you can sex your brain. So log in to Dr. Sciences, Mr. Sciences log, uh, website, sex your brain, take the survey, and Sean will be back with us in the future perhaps to give us some better answers some, so that we can look at ourselves within this pile more easily and yeah, I'd he will to, I'd love to come back and do that for you Jenny and if you guys come up with specific questions or answers that should be on the survey you can submit them on the website um, and if you guys have individual questions that I can help with uh, that come up on the show I would love to come back and and help you out so I very much appreciate being on and it's spermbrain.com slash sex survey if you want to take the survey Great. So can you hang on for just a couple of minutes and see if we have any brave listeners who want to call in with a question during the Might commercial that you can answer? Thank you. Well, we'll talk to you in a minute when we get back from the commercial break. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready for a revolution in diet and health? Confused about what to eat and how to prioritize your health concerns? Let's turn conventional wisdom on its head and rethink the old rules. Good health means real food, sound sleep, great supplements, and the right exercise. Join holistic nutritionist Beverly Meyer for the Primal Diet Modern Health Show. She'll help you rewrite your human owner's manual. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Jenny Friend invites you to check out her website for more information about her programs and sessions, which can be conducted in person, by phone, and via Skype. Visit www.centerforclarity.org or call 714-210-9200. Jenny's office is located in Costa Mesa, California. Stop in if you're in the area. Or connect with Jenny on Skype at Jenny Friend MFT. Jenny is here to help you. Visit www.centerforclarity.org. A child's readiness to learn is sometimes affected by sensory integration disorders or developmental delays. 
Occupational therapy interventions can help children and adults diagnosed with these challenges to move ahead at home and at school, in their work, and in their play. Tune in to Focus Point Review with host occupational therapist Maureen Palmer, Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. You will hear how the lives of children and adults have been changed through the effective use of life-changing interventions. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio with host Jenny Friend. If you have a question or comment about our program, we invite you to call into the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to Jenny Friend, MFT, at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio. Welcome back. We're wrapping up here with Dr. Science, with, excuse me, Mr. Science. I keep wanting to call you Dr. Science. You're going to have to go get your, your doctor. I'm going to have Sean. to go get a PhD. That sounds, yes, that you sounds are. like a lot of work, though. Maybe I'll use all this data and eventually write, write up a big dissertation on it. Very good. Sounds like an exciting d- dissertation to me. <laughs> it would be, that's for sure. <laughs> and I bet you that your, your, uh, your dissertation committee um, will have more questions for you than our audience <laughs> seems to have today. You must have done oh, a good darn. job explaining it. Or maybe we'll get emails. Yes, that's true. We could. Okay. So thank you for being on with us, Sean. And any emails I get, I will forward to you. And Appreciate it. hopefully I'll see you back next, next quarter. Or Great. next soon, Thanks at so least. Much, I'm really... <laughs> Enjoyed being here, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. One of the questions we didn't ask Sean, and that's not on his site, but the people call me up, come into my office all the time and ask me is, how long should sex last? And it's an interesting question. Because it's one of those individual things that sex should last as long as the couple want it to last or the individual wants it to last. So it's, in, so it's separate for everybody. And we can't really answer it without getting into... If people aren't getting through the last refractory period where they're feeling, they're feeling either exhausted and ready to go to sleep or energized and ready to get up and go on with their lives, then what's getting in the way? We're going to start talking about that right now. Because it seems many things are listed as getting in the way of our sex life. One of the main things that tends to get in the way is our busy lives. 
in this day and age, we're running around, having jobs, raising kids, being worried about everything. And the ideal is not allowing us the opportunity, we believe, to spend time with our partner and spend time with our kids and spend time in our job. So we have to manage our time if we want to have a hot and healthy sex life. We need to manage our time so that we can spend time with our partner and not neglect our children, of course. So what do we do? We need to make time for ourselves and our partner. We want our child to be safe, comfortable, and happy. So how do we get alone time and not endanger, neglect, um, ignore our children? It's an interesting question that I have had the opportunity to look at many times. And one of the things I did this time is I consulted with my healthcare expert. Excuse me, my childcare expert. <laughs> she wasn't able to be here with us today. She intended to, but things came up where she had to bail on me. No problem. I talked to her for a long time. And she gave me all the details, so I'll be able to talk to you about them. We know that as parents, we want our child to be well cared for while we're spending time with each other. Yeah, the hot, and hel the, the hot part is usually at night and most of the time at home. But in order to get to the hottest, as some people may think, part, we have to warm up the oven. We have to connect in other ways. And we have to have time to do that alone. So childcare is often cited as one of the things that gets in the way, which is why I consulted my childcare expert. used to be that we just called the girl next door or we had a friend next door who would come over and care for our kids or our kids would go to their house we would take care of their kids we'd send our kids to our friends to their friends houses or they'd go sleep over those kinds of things that used to be a common occurrence and it still is, the sleepovers, the take care of each other, the girl next door, all of those are still common occurrences. But they're not as common because the girl next door, the mom next door, they all have busy lives too. 
And so our society tends to be speeding up, speeding up, speeding up, speeding up, and we want to slow it down so that we can carve some time out for us and our loved ones, our partner included. So my child care expert said that the girl next door is being replaced by a series of different kinds of services at the extreme end we have the live-in babysitter housekeeper they used to have those before we used to but the typically that was the more well-to-do who would have that and now it's more affordable the live-in housekeeper is somebody who's always there. It's the advantage that we know what her hours are, where she's at. She can do other things besides childcare, and usually does do other things besides childcare. There were, there are lots of advantages to having a live-in keeper, and there's lots of disadvantages. Some of the disadvantages is that we had to figure out about the income tax thing. How are we going to pay them? We have to have room for them. We have to, you know, the, the kinds of things, we have to find them. We have to interview them. And speaking of interviewing them, it tend, seems to be that lots of modern mothers out there want to make sure that their keeper, their childcare, provider, knows CPR, has references, and a background check is done on them because it's becoming such a scary society to live in. And yet we want to make it joyful. So we want to ensure the safety of our children. And when we had the girl next door, we were able to do that better because we knew them. We probably had grown up with them. We'd seen them grow up, those kinds of things. So it was much easier. Now we have the child care services. And we hope for them to be easy. But we want to ensure the safety of our child. So if we use some of the some of the services that came out first, which were like the the woman who opens her house and takes it into takes starts taking in children, hey, that seemed to work good, and we seem to have a lot of problems with it. So we still have to do the background check. We still have to do the references. We still have to do all of that stuff, and we have to do all of that stuff ourselves when we use some of the internet services where they give us a list of all of the providers who will be around or who are offering care or even sometimes when we call a service and they send us a provider they say that this this child care person this has been had they've done a background check and I guess it depends upon what you look at with the background check. My expert said that many of those background checks are just, let's look you up on the internet and see what comes up. 
that doesn't really give us a lot of detail. Though a sophisticated child care service will provide a background check that is with a, with a private investigator, who a private investigator does a background check on them, as well as their references are contacted, and we know about that they've had CPR and medical emergency kinds of training. So those more advanced services provide the whole gamut. You can find them on the internet, but they do provide the whole gamut, and they tend to have the deep things that we're concerned about for our children available to us. Do be careful about the ones, if you're interested in that kind of assurances about your child, investigate the ones that say they give those kinds of, that kinds of information about your setter. Of course, the sitters can be in danger too, so you have to be willing to provide your information for those who are going to do a really, really do a background check. So you can go from the extreme of the girl next door, the mother next door still, all the way through the let's have the full service where we've got an investigator. You get to choose. You can find them. And these are ways that you can find ways to carve out a night or a week with your partner and not worried about child care. So I'll be back in a minute. The sex question of the week is, when healthy, what sex organ is about the size of a walnut? Think about it during the commercial break, and we'll be back with the answer. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. Jenny Friend invites you to check out her website for more information about her programs and sessions, which can be conducted in person, by phone, and via Skype. Visit www.centerforclarity.org or call 714-210-9200. Jenny's office is located in Costa Mesa, California. Stop in if you're in the area or connect with Jenny on Skype at Jenny Friend MFT. Jenny is here to help you. Visit www.centerforclarity.org. Get the latest information in health and wellness when you tune into On the Radio with Dr. Ray. Each week, you'll find out the latest and greatest from both traditional and holistic perspectives. Your host, Dr. Robert Ray, better known as Dr. 90210, is the best known and most sought after plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Dr. Ray, with his co-host, Natalie Day, will help you get the dream body you've always wanted through diet and exercise, not surgery and medicine. On the Radio with Dr. Ray airs live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Do you know if kidney disease is affecting you? Are your kidneys healthy? You may have kidney disease and not even be aware of it. More than 31 million people have been affected by kidney disease. 
teenagers today are being diagnosed with symptoms such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. These conditions can worsen kidney health and cause kidney disease. Be sure to tune in to Improve Your Kidney Health with your hosts, Dr. Rich Snyder, Mark Blatstein, and Dr. Jenna Henderson, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The information you get on this program could help save your life. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio with host Jenny Friend. If you have a question or comment about our program, we invite you to call into the show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to jennyfriendmft at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio. here we are back we have the sex organ question of the week if you have that answer you can call that same number 866-472-5792 again that question is when healthy what sex organ is about the size of a walnut call in with your answer we talked a little bit, we talked quite a bit about the child care situation. So <clears throat> we got it all right, ra- we laid it out different ways that you could take care of your child, feel comfortable, and still carve out some time with your partner so that we can get some heat going in the relationship. Besides time, there are other things that people list as reasons that they don't spend time more time with their partner. And over the next 10 weeks, we'll be talking about Things that might get in the way of that, in addition to not having time or child care. But before we talk about a lot of those things, we want to talk about what you can do with that time. We want to create an environment where you and your partner can start warming each other up, start getting hot in a healthy way for you. So there's lots of ways that people can do that. And that goes everywhere from date night, whether that's staying at home in front of the TV, to spending time away together, maybe for as long as a week. Now that we've dealt with child care, let's talk a little bit next week about 
some of those options of how we're going to spend our time. But you've got to tell me what the answer to the sex organ question of the week is. Did anybody figure it out? I haven't heard any calls in. The number is 866-472-5792. Let's call in, get that answer. But just to give you a hint, only men have them. This is a sex organ that only men have. And when it's healthy, it's about the size of a walnut. If you want to give a call in, 866-472-5792. In addition, this organ is hypothesized to be from the same fetal tissue as the elusive female G-spot. We'll be talking about the G-spot later in our programming. And we'll talk about how much we know about that G-spot. Does it really exist? And why? Getting back to today, though, as I said, if there is a G-spot, it evolves from the same fetal tissue that our sex organ of the day does. Answers? Well, fellas, you should have it checked regularly, especially if you're over 50. Does that ring any bells? Annual checkup? It also causes a reflective ejaculation response when it's stimulated. Not always, but it can. It's buried deep in the abdomen, yet it can be touched by the fingertips. It's also the thing, maybe the thing, for most men who are heterosexual, or maybe it's most men in general, of why penal penetration is enjoyable. I didn't mean that. Why penetration is enjoyable. It doesn't have to be with the penis. Because many heterosexual men like this kind of stimulation We'll have to have Dr. Science, Mr. Science. We'll have to have Mr. Science put that on his test, on his survey. I'll suggest that to him. So, fellas, let's have the answer. It's your prostate. I'll see you next week with more on Hot and Healthy Sex Radio. Tune in then. Thank you again for joining us this week. Hot and Healthy Sex Radio with Jenny Friend can be heard live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an amazing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.